I watched on a plane one time, one of those traveling pants, the movies they made of them. I just said that out loud, didn't I? <laughs> I I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Nick. You're okay. It's all right. Welcome to the Two Authors Chat Show, an entertaining podcast with two best-selling authors connecting readers with an eclectic array of distinguished guests through lively conversation and interviews. Hosted by mystery suspense and thriller writers, Douglas Pratt and Nicholas Harvey. Welcome to the show, everyone. How you doing today, Mr. Nick? I'm good. I'm excellent. We're back in the Keys. Back in the Keys? How nice. How nice. I'm back in Memphis, so. <laughs> All right, let's get rolling. Let's do, let's do a listener question because this one is funny. This is from Jason Harley from Milton, Virginia. If your book or your books were a flavor of ice cream, what would it taste like and why? <laughs> I'm going to say salted caramel, maybe because I think salt is seawater, you know, so it's got the saltiness, but, but there's a little bit of sweetness, like it's fun to, to read and then caramelly because it gets stuck in your teeth and you'll be, it'll annoy you in a little bit too. So, <laughs> so let's see. <laughs> it's seawater. <laughs> it, it was a middle bit. What was that? Jogging it was sweet. You came up it with? was sweet. Like sweet. Yeah, caramel sweet. Yeah. But it also is like I chewy and you get like, you know, you know, when you like chomp on a, on a caramel and you got like, it starts sticking into the little crevices of your teeth. <laughs> and then you're like trying to roll your tongue around to pull it out and stuff like that. That get kind of like annoying. So you still get the flavor of it later on, but you're like, huh, why am I still tasting this? That, that's probably the way my books are. Boy, I don't know. I mean, some people would say they taste like curry ice cream. All right, first of all, oh, I, whoa, 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 whoa. first of all, first of all, I don't know what you're eating in Britain, but curry ice cream sounds disgusting. <laughs> well, I googled what's the weirdest flavor. This ice is cream. why we we rebelled against y'all, man. <laughs> curry ice cream. <laughs> yeah, look what you did with the place. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing that line out. But I, I I have to say I cheated. I, I very quickly googled what's the weirdest flavor of ice cream and curry was one of the top ones so i'm like that's a pretty weird one i don't know i think i'd go for me it would be cookie dough because i love cookie dough ice cream and i love i love writing my books let's there just say that that's good because I'd, I'd hate to say i love reading my books because that sounds very pretentious but but there again my wife hates cookie dough ice cream so i shouldn't say that because she at least pretends to like my books that's fair and she's pretty consistent in pretending that because she reads everything and she's my first line reader. So uh, if she doesn't like them, she's putting in a lot of effort to hide the fact she doesn't. Well, I mean, in fairness, my wife puts in a lot of effort to hide the fact that she's okay with living with me. So I guess she tolerates you. (laughs) Yeah, it really tolerates. I think tolerates a win, actually. You know what? I say I am always grateful for the kindness and generosity of women. Absolutely. Yeah, especially our wives. Especially my wife. (laughs) Well, this week we'll move on because we can talk ice cream all day long, I'm sure. But uh, this week we got uh, Kirsten Moglin on today, who is a phenomenal standalone thriller writer so not a series like we do she's writing books with brand new characters every time like how does she come up with all those names that's mind-boggling to me that is that's a good point you've not we have to come up with the names of all the the villains and the new people that come into our stories but she has to start from scratch on everybody but yeah. whatever it is she's doing it because she is like the amazon top 10 
best-selling author of psychological thrillers. She is killing it. And killing it. And she, she is, is crushing it. the charts and her latest release are now available wide on all booksellers. So let's welcome Christian to the show. Kirsten, welcome to our show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so the first order of business is, can we call you K-Mod? Of course you can. I was oh. <laughs> you made we this day. We are so not hip. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not hip and cool at all. So now we feel just a little bit hip. Well, some of hey. us aren't hip. Some of us are pretty cool. So. <laughs> now, so I grew up, obviously, my name is Kirsten, and I, I didn't have a nickname, and all my sisters had names that you could make into nicknames, and I hated it. I tried to make my name a nickname so many ways, and actually, my readers came up with K-Mod and started calling me it, and so I was like, that is my nickname. I'm taking it. I'm claiming it, and That's so I love awesome. it. <laughs> we had Jillian Dodd on a couple of shows ago, and she has the Dodd Squad, I think it yes, is. Yes, she did. Yeah, they, were down in, they were down in Florida with her, Yes. And you have the K-Mod squad. So we think there should be some kind of like, you know, like a fight. Yeah, there's got to be like some, you got to meet in the ring somewhere. And the two squads have to, actually, you're both sweethearts, yes. so you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Let the readers do it. That's all right. So it's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we just big. join the, the squads and, and make it a huge squad. Oh, yeah, that that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. That would be a lot of people. All right. So give us a little bit of a, a synopsis on your background and how you got into writing. Yeah. So I have been writing all my life. Um, I, I've, you know, I grew up writing short stories and poems and, and novels. I wrote my first novel in fourth grade. Ooh, um, what? And, yeah. I called it The Life and Times of the Three Potatoes. Um, <laughs> what? And, <laughs> um, I had a, a classmate draw me a cover and I had it hanging on my wall forever. So this has always been my dream. I love writing. Um, and I started. I want to read that book. I know, right? It was it was my take on. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yes, yeah. Uh, you remember that? Yeah. So I read those books as a kid and loved them, and um, made my own my own stories out of those. So yeah, I've always done it. And then I grew up like getting into high school, and I would go home every summer and write a novel and bring it back to school. And I had like teachers and students by the end of my high school journey waiting to read my book, and I would like print it out on printer paper and bring it. And I started like a library where. Oh you know, I only God. had one copy, wow. so I would just like mark somebody off the list and take it to the next person. So I've always kind of done things my own way and wanted to do this. And I started publishing um, in 2016. I was 22. Uh, so pretty much right out of the gate after I graduated high school. And yeah, it's been an, an amazing seven-year whirlwind journey. I love what I do. I love being able to write and then connect with readers. And obviously, I, I do it as an indie, and um, I'm so proud of that. And I have, you know, two traditional books so I've gotten to kind of dip my toes in that world, but but I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's the best job in the world, isn't it? It really it is. Absolutely, it's, it's amazing. What is yeah. it? Uh, Cap Daniel says we get to play with our imaginary friends all day. Yes. What could be better? Yeah. Exactly. I watched on a plane one time one of those traveling pants. The movies they made of them. I just said that out loud, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Nick. You're okay. It's all right. Mr. Mr. Race car driver over here going, I, uh. <laughs> I mean, it was on and someone else was watching it. That's okay. <laughs> you caught a few minutes. Yes. Hey, speaking of race car driving, you're in Nashville, correct? I am. Yeah. Did you go to the IndyCar race there this summer? No. <laughs> oh. Don't take away my Nashville card. <laughs> no, it's called the Indy card. It's Indianapolis. You're okay, so don't worry about it. It's a reminder. 
<laughs> they were. The- I'm not into sports of any kind, so I don't know anything about that. No, I, <laughs> anyway. I don't either. I just, I, I mean, I'm not that far from you. I mean, I'm down here in Memphis, so we're we're practically neighbors. So you know, we're we're fellow Tennesseans. So. Well, I know a little bit about it. Just well, I know about it because I used to work in racing. But also, my brother was part of the group that built the track because it's a downtown track, and they have to cordon off the streets and put all the barriers and fencing in. And he was part of the group that uh, does the track design and all the safety stuff. So he he was in your town for uh, about six weeks doing all that to putting it up and taking it down. So what do you? Well, uh, you have a few books out. How many books do you have all together? So I have 40 and I'm actually today or tomorrow going to do the cover reveal for my 41st book. So by the time this comes out, I'll have 41. Oh, so what was, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. So what's your latest book? What's this new one coming out about? So the new one that's coming out is called Do Not Open. And it's a thriller. It's kind of like a little bit, my take on misery by Stephen King. It's, you know, an author that is kind of taken by her number one fan. And so I, I've really been obsessed with the idea of that for a long time. Misery is one of my favorite books. I didn't take anything from it. It's just that like premise, obviously. Right, but yeah. um, I just love the idea of like, it's kind of our worst fear as authors, right? You never know what you're walking into when you go to like signings or certain things. And so I just thought it'd be fun to to have that. So yeah, the premise is a famous author that gets um, taken hostage by her, her number one fan. And it's super fun. You know, it's something that, Nick and I probably don't worry as much about as, as some of our female author friends have to think about. I know, and it's kind of scary in respect. So that's kind of it's kind of cool. It's interesting. Maybe we were in danger in Florida because we had a gathering of the tropical authors all right in the same genre at a, at a restaurant, and some people came by to see us. So I didn't I didn't think that we were in danger. I was, no, no, I that wasn't. I mean, other than having too much to drink, that was about the only guy I was in danger. Of doing, so. <laughs> I don't think we were in danger. All right, so. Hemlock is the latest release that came out, and it did, like, ridiculously well. It was amazing. Yeah, my readers, uh, this is my first book. So typically, I release books in Kindle Unlimited, and I I just recently decided to take all my books um, onto the other platforms. Um, And so I was really unsure how this release would do, Um, and my readers showed up and and were amazing. And it was my first book to ever be number one in a pre-order period, so that was incredible. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just, I was really excited and, and I love the story. So it was extra special that, that they showed out for me the way they did. Well, very cool. I'd love to talk to you about the story in Hemlock, but I didn't read it because I read You Can Trust Me because back when we first started talking, you were going to come on the show before we canceled on you or postponed on you and then you had to postpone on us. But I read that and it, it's uh, exciting. I, I actually am allergic to cruise ships because there's lots of people on it and I don't do well in crowds. But if I ever was thinking about going on a cruise ship, that sold me on not doing it. <laughs> See, I like cruise ships and I actually enjoyed, I enjoyed the whole thing. So that was just. I like to tell my readers, I'm like, I'm just trying to ruin all of your vacation options. So you have to stay in the house and leave. That's all I'm doing. That's true. <laughs> so true. I'm slowly working my way through all the right. terrible so, so what's next? What's the next vacation you plan to ruin for anybody? Scuba diving. Don't ruin <laughs> scuba diving, please. Because I have a whole scuba diving audience. I'd have to learn all about scuba diving first so i think that's safe for a while <laughs> um i've done i've done islands i've done cabins i've done cruise ships i really don't know um the next book that i'm writing is about a group of book influencers that go on a get together and bad things happen so now i'm just ruining book people getting book together people, in general, I guess. like we're gonna get the oh tiktokers that's what we're gonna go after <laughs> well that leads us right in exactly you're a tiktoker 
which I'm sure isn't a term, but because I don't know crap about TikTok. I was on there for like two weeks and then I'm like, oh God, this is just draining. <laughs> this is killing me. But you have an enormous following on TikTok, do you know? Yeah, I have about 69,000 followers or something, which is the most I have on any platform. It's amazing. But honestly, those followers came from like three viral videos. So I'm definitely not, you know, a superstar over there. But I got on TikTok. My sister um, is is younger than me and was like, you have to get on TikTok. It's so cool. And I was like, no, this looks terrible. And I finally got on it just to kind of play around and watch videos and do all the things. And I started trying to follow the trends and it did not go well for a long time. But then it just kind of worked for three of my videos. There was a trend that went around for a while where um, you would kind of, you know, tell the plot of your book as if it was happening to you. And then at the end, be like, just kidding. This is, you know, my fictional story. Check it out. And I had three in 2021 that got over a million views. Um, One had three million in 24 hours. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so those all did really well. Sent my books way up the charts. And that's where the followers came from. And then now I'm really bad at it. Like, I just get on there and do silly stuff. I don't really follow the trends like I should. But I like TikTok. Like, I can get on there. But it's a total time suck for me. Like, I can get on there for five minutes and then six hours go by. Um, <laughs> so I have to be very diligent about what when I spend my time on there. And really, my husband is, has more time for it. So I'm like, you tell me what the trends are and we'll do them. And we kind of go from there. But I think TikTok, like, you have to enjoy it to want to do it and to, to have any success with it. But I think if you get on there and just like do the trends and have fun with it, it, it can be exciting. I think for readers too, because it gives them a chance to really see us like in our daily lives and, and being silly and where like Instagram and Facebook, it's kind of more polished and, and professional and, and TikTok's just very laid back, I guess. It's a sitting at okay. the bar kind of a thing. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, cool. yeah. Oh, we could video ourselves sitting at the bar. We could do that. If that would work on TikTok, I'm all over TikTok. <laughs> Your readers would love it. <laughs> People want to see me drinking. They can see that. Actually, I tell, I tell, I tell Nick all the time. He, he does all his, I mean, he was diving and, and everything in Bon Air. He has all these great videos. They make great TikTok. I mean, people would, would eat that up, I think. But, you know, that's this is my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, TikTok's all about, like, being authentic and just showing, like, people will just do videos where they're eating breakfast and talking and and it works. I don't. I don't really know what the what the appeal is, but but everybody loves it. So yeah. So like your genre mostly is is thriller. I mean, kind of a standalone thrillers, right? Since you're ruining everybody's vacations. So is that what you read, or do you read other things? Yeah. So I read standalone psychological thrillers. I also read some romance, but typically um, standalone psychological and domestic thrillers. So. I kind of got into this genre reading more of the crime, the detective um, stories, Lisa Reagan. I loved, um, you know, Mark Edwards. I love Mark Edwards. Mark Dawson. I, I, you know, I really started reading all of that. And then um, I read Gone Girl and fell in love with that side of things um, before I'd started publishing. And so my first book is actually a legal thriller because that was kind of, you know, what I was reading more of that side of things. And then I just absolutely loved, loved Gone Girl. And I was like, I want to write books like this. And so since then, now I just really focus on, on reading the psych thrillers. And yeah, and I love standalone. I think, I don't know, I, I really like to jump into stories and not trust anyone. Um, and so I try to give, <laughs> I try to give um, my readers That's good. That's that, good. I know? like that. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's cool to just jump in and, and you don't know what's going on. You don't know where you are and you're just having fun with it. And I also write so many books. And so quickly that I want to be able to keep myself entertained. And I find myself getting bored if I'm in the same world for too long. 
That was going to be my next question. So that's interesting because, I mean, you break a lot of rules. <laughs> you know, if there's guidelines and rules of how to go about the indie author thing, number one is you write series. So if you get a reader interested in the characters, they stay aboard. So it's more you started not writing series more because you want the interest of for yourself of having different characters and different worlds every time. Yeah. So I started, I I didn't know any of the rules, first of all, when I first started, Um, I was just writing what I love to read. And then as I kind of got into it and I went to more conferences and talked to more indie authors and they were like, you have to write series. That's why you're not doing well. And so I wrote a series, I wrote a four big series and I hated it. Like I loved the books, loved the stories, but the actual process was so grueling for me because I felt like I was going back so much to like make everything tie in and try and remember things. And so I was just like, I'm going to just keep writing what I, I love because this four book series did not, you know, break out for me. And yeah, I really have broken all the rules um, in terms of what you're <laughs> supposed to do. But luckily, I mean, by books like 17, <laughs> it started catching on and, and readers have found me. But <laughs> it, it definitely could have been quicker with the series. Maybe. Yeah, well, so that, that leads me as, as somebody who writes in a series. I'm curious how, how do readers, I mean, how are they appealed to and or how do you appeal to them and, and keep them coming back for the next one? Like, you know, mine, I just I leave a cliffhanger or I, you know, throw a little bone out about the series. But for to get somebody to come back when they don't know any of the characters, you're investing in you, I guess. So. Yeah, so that's exactly right. I always tell people, um, you know, other authors who ask, if you don't write series, your brand is your series. And so that's how I look at it. I think very much that my books all have to fit my brand. They have to have certain like cornerstones. They're all very twisted. They all tend to lean very domestic, um, husband and wife or a group of friends. So yeah, I just, I think that all of those like key points are still in there, um, just like they would be a series. All the, all the twists and the unpredictable um, stories. And and I always say there's no twist too crazy for me. So I like to have the wild, you know, unexpected last page twist at the end. And so I think that's what keeps readers coming back is they know, you know, what to expect in my books, even though they're not series, they know they can pick it up. It's typically under 300 pages. They can fly through it in a day. It's going to be really twisty. And and I also think my genre really lends itself to standalones. Like I said, this is mostly what I read, and, and it's almost all standalone stories. Um, so I think the readers that love psych thrillers really like standalones too. So it makes it you know a little bit easier. Are you a plotter or a pantser? I'm a plotter for sure, but very light plotting. So I started out a pantser and then have figured out that I work faster if I plot. But my plots are generally like by chapter and it's just like one or two sentences. So chapter one, Sarah meets John. Chapter two, Sarah kills John. Chapter three. <laughs> and then we're going from there. Poor I don't John. I don't get very deep into it. I know. Yeah. John just had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John probably deserved. <laughs> exactly. So do you have to have a certain amount plotted out before you start actually writing the book? Or are you okay doing like the first sort of third and then you dive in and start writing or? Yeah, so I typically like to have the full book plotted. There have been a few books, um, including the one that I'm working on right now, where I have I don't have that. I can't figure it out, and the only way for me to figure it out is to go through it. And so I'll get as much as I can plotted, and then when I hit the point where I'm like, if I keep plotting, it's just going to be made up garbage that I'm not going to use. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then I'll just kind of stop, and I'm like, let's start writing and figure out what's going on, who your characters are. And then that helps me. And then typically if I do it that way, I won't plot the rest of, of the book. I'll just kind of have that idea in my head. So how often do those twists surprise you? How often have you had the whole book plotted and you go along and suddenly you go, well, 
I didn't see that twist coming at all. And you're like, in the book, <laughs> completely different. Those are the best twists. I always say, like, I like to write as the reader. And so I try to write the story. And as I'm going, I, um, if this is what I would be guessing, then I'm going to go the opposite way. So almost always, there's at least one or two twists that surprise me that as I'm writing, I'm like, oh, this would be too obvious. So let's go this way. Or, ooh, this would be really interesting. But I plot my books from the twist out. So I typically figure out what I want the main twist to be. And then I build the story around that. So most often, I already know the big, big twist. It's just all the little twists that will surprise me. I think maybe out of the 40 books, one or two books have actually been like the big twist has changed too. It is amazing talking to authors at the conferences and in in the show and then the groups that we're in and what have you. There's such a range of techniques between plotting and pantsing, which means writing by the seat of your pants, which means you don't plan anything out, which I don't buy, honestly. Anyone that says I completely pants, mm, no, they've been thinking it. They just haven't written it down. They're still plotting in their heads. They've got an idea of where they're going or where it is to a certain extent. But it is, uh, there's no perfect answer. There's no like wrong answer. You know what I mean? Everything works. There's some fantastic books out there written in every way, shape or form. So talking about rules, one of the other rules, <laughs> there's certain things that you check these boxes if you're an indie author and that everyone says, hey, don't make your own covers. But Kmod makes all their own covers. Yeah, so I didn't, I will say, I did not start out making my own covers. I started out hiring someone But again, it took me until like 17 books to even break even on my book, on my releases. And so I kind of hit a point where I was like, if I want to keep doing this, I have to figure out ways to save money or this publishing like business that I've started is not going to work. And so I didn't have, you know, a huge amount of money to throw into the career because I just kept losing money. And so what I did was I was like, I'm going to teach myself how to cut corners everywhere I can. And so I taught myself how to format my books and I taught myself how to design my own covers. And I still like, obviously I've always paid for editing. Um, but those were the two places where I was like, I can figure this out. I had a tiny background in um, graphic design because I had done photography for a few years. Um, so I knew like my way around photo editing and that sort of thing, but I still was not very good at it. And so what I did was I would hire a designer to um, design my cover and then I would design a cover. And until I felt like my book, my cover matched up to theirs, I would just use their cover. And then when I finally felt like, okay, my cover matches and like, is seems like it's good a quality, I would start, you know, I would start using mine. And then I went back and recovered all of my old ones so that all of my designs are mine now, except for my two traditional books. But yeah, it was, it was really just a, a cost saving thing for me to try and be able to keep publishing at the rate that I was, but it's been something really great now. And I love that I have the ability to go in and, and make audiobook covers now really easily with the designs that I've already created and, and all of that. So it's definitely made it easier and formatting too, being able to go in and update things. And it's really nice. So I'm glad I did it. As a thriller writer, what do you think makes a, a good thriller anyway? What is it you're looking for in a thriller? For me as a reader, especially, but also as a writer, I wanted to start from page one. I want to jump in immediately and be sucked in. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the action has to start on page one or we have to, you know, I have a book that starts with someone being buried alive. Um, You know, so all my books don't start that dramatic, but I think that you have to be invested from page one. So you have to, you know, have something really exciting happen, have something really interesting or strange happen um, right from the get-go. And then I think you just have to keep that pace up. I know a lot of people... 
I've been at conferences and on panels where people are like, you have to have some scenes or chapters that, that are kind of just letting the reader breathe. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't believe in that. If there's ever a point when a reader says, I, this is a good chapter for me to put it down and go to bed, then I have failed. So I, I like my books to start from page one and be fast paced and unputdownable the whole way through. And then I think, especially now, like you have to have a huge twist. And it's kind of hard as a writer, you know, to keep up and always have the best twist. There used to be really great stories that didn't really have twists at all. They were just interesting thrillers, you know, but I think readers expect it now. And, and even, you know, myself as a reader, I feel like you have to have some big twist in there, at least one. I, I would like multiple. That's got to be tough. Keep coming oh, up with yeah. these. I mean, you're writing a lot of books. So it you, is. You've, uh, <laughs> you've got to come up with different ways of kind of making a new twist. Exactly. Yeah, I can only be like the, the husband so many times before readers are like, we get it. With 40 some odd books, do you ever get to a point where you're like, I think I did that back in like four or something like that? Is that ever like, you know, or, or do you worry since you don't have a series? Is it like, well, it's okay if the, you know, if the husband did it twice? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have done similar twists or um, not necessarily twists, but similar tactics in my stories. And sometimes it happens that readers read to like my fourth book and my 18th book have the same similar twist and they'll read them both like back to back. And they're like, are all of your books <laughs> like, do they all have the it's same a, list? And I'm like, we just, no, <laughs> we just stamp them out. That's all we do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bad timing on that. So yeah, I think that you, there's only so many things you can do. And, and as long as you're putting them in different situations and, and trying to, you know, mix it up with different characters and different personalities, like you can still make it interesting and keep, keep a real guessing, but yeah, it's it's definitely hard to to keep things. And I think the biggest thing for me is always making sure my premises are really unique. Um, so I don't ever want to write the same story twice, you know, um, and that's really, really important for me. So while I feel like I can only twist the story certain ways and keep it believable, um, if I have, like I said earlier, I have an island story and I have, you know, a cruise ship story and I have stories of readers locked in cabins and murder mystery dinners and all of these things. That's what keeps it interesting. And then you can you can play around with the twists and, and mix and match and all of that. So I really try and do it that way. Cool. Yes. And how often are you releasing books? How many books are you putting out a year? I do six a year. So one every other month. Wow. My Lord. I'm doing well, I guess I'm doing six. Well, but I'm not really. I'm doing four a year and then so, yeah. some other working with other people on the car. That's an enormous amount of writing. Well, you're doing basically the same, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... Not quite. Almost. But yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. how long are your books generally? So they average about 60,000 words. So 250 to 300 pages. Um, I have like Hemlock was over 400. Yeah, over 400. I think it was like 96,000 words or something. And then I, ha yeah, and then I have my most popular is the arrangement and it is like 52,000 words, 220 pages or something like that. So I really range, like I, I'm very much just whatever the story needs. I don't try to meet certain word counts or make them longer just to fit that. But, but on average, 60,000 is, is kind of where I fall. Cool. So coming up, you said you're just doing the cover for your next one that's coming out. So is that going on pre-order? Do you do pre-orders? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing, after I get off this with you guys, actually, I'll be um, uploading it and getting everything ready for a cover reveal tomorrow. That's awesome. Well, I hope we haven't killed your creative juices. We have a <laughs> habit of... <laughs> no. <laughs> People are Not stumped after they leave us. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> cool. And when, when will that come out? 
So it released on Halloween. So it's going to be a very spooky story. I feel like Halloween is the perfect time. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited. And like I said, the cover reveal is tomorrow, the 28th of September. So we're going to have a month-long pre-order and so thrilled about it. I can't wait. And then after that, are you doing something for Christmas? So I don't ever do Christmas books um, because my audiobook publisher, like, I would be getting it to them too late to promote a Christmas book. So just because of timing, that doesn't ever work. But I, I will probably have a book out at Christmas. It just won't be Christmas themed. But the book that I'm writing now will probably release around Christmas. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up with one little silly thing that we do. I know you think we're faking this, but we're not. See, Look, we he has a wheel. wheel. I love yep. it. So... We got to come up with some new questions to go on. I do. I'm not thinking that. I was playing. Actually, I was planning to leave this wheel with you at Nink, so you could carry it around for a little you bit. You forgot about that. I did. Yeah. I know. Son of a bitch. Hey, let's go. Let me try that again. I didn't spin as well as I wanted to. We want the nice. What do you think is the worst cartoon character? <laughs> oh, the worst cartoon character? Mm. Maybe Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. Is that, is that a good answer? I don't know. He was like so greedy. And I was not allowed to watch SpongeBob growing up. Actually, my mom hated that show. Ah. <laughs> so, like, so it was like when my parents weren't home, that was my like bad thing. I was like watching SpongeBob illegally. <laughs> I was going to say, um, my 30 year old son, he, he, he's, he like loves SpongeBob, was his favorite. And all my kids were like SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs, and they quote him all the time. And I'm, I hated SpongeBob. It wasn't the worst show, but it was, yeah. So. My, yeah, I'm 29, so I'm their age, and yeah, my my mom hated it. I just I feel like he was so greedy and mean, and then SpongeBob was just trying to do his job. So maybe that's a good answer. <laughs> so Kmod doesn't like crabs. <laughs> so sorry. Wow. This, <laughs> can, can we title this show? Kmod doesn't. <laughs> no, it gives it away at the end. But yeah, so be like, alert. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been brilliant. Thank you so much, Kirsten, for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. So much fun. Thank you so much, Kmod. I feel like we're part of like this clicky group now. I feel like I was never in a clicky group in school, so I feel like I'm in one you now. You're in one now? You're included? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm hanging that's with awesome. Kmod. That's oh, cool. yeah. That's cool. what we're doing. We're with Kmod. It's uh, in Harv and Kmod. There we go. <laughs> so what are we? What are you, you're Deprat? Deprat. <laughs> Mine doesn't change at all, so. <laughs> Deprat. I was just like, nah, Harv. <laughs> well, it doesn't work. It doesn't, no. D Pratt works out fine. Work. I've always been D Pratt. Everybody's like, initial D Pratt. Yeah, most of them, yeah, half the people I know just call me Pratt. Pratt. That's it. So, how about what's going on in your world, in Harv? What you been up to? <laughs> well, I got to hang with a super cool guy this week awesome. at the Nink Conference. Yeah. Mr. D Pratt, D. Pratt. was there. <laughs> along with a group of other TROP authors. It was really cool. There was a big turnout for our gang, and we had this uh, amazing um, dinner one night where we all went to uh, Doc Ford's, which is a restaurant chain owned by uh, Randy Wayne White. Um, it was so cool, man. The, uh, he couldn't be there. He's actually somewhere else in Florida. Like writing real they books. Faced, yeah, actually writing and you know making money and stuff. And they had him, they FaceTimed in on like an iPad and passed him around the whole table and he said hi to everybody. It was uh, really an honor to virtually meet the guy at least, um, which was very cool. And if we actually get our crap together next year and uh, 
uh, organized that a little earlier. He may, he may, we'll make a bigger event out of it. So we had a couple of, um, readers show up. We didn't, uh, we kind of put some stuff on social right before, but if we do a better run of that beforehand, uh, uh, Nick Sullivan put this together and Nick did a super job oh, of great. Uh, yeah. putting this together kind of in a few weeks. So, and the, uh, the staff and the food and everything was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. Thoroughly impressed with the food. I thought it was delicious. I had like a that group. Was darn it was good. darn good. So it was cool. No, yeah, we enjoyed. It. I, had, I had a great time hanging out with you. Uh, you know, and I, I should tell you know we we have a game that we play that we never win, which is let's go in a bookstore and see if we find my book in a bookstore that we've never been in before. <laughs> yeah. On the way back from Florida, we stopped at this bookstore in Perry, Florida, where I I was walking around the bookstore and I see a book by me and I see a book by Nicholas Harvey and Wayne Stinnett and uh, and a few other David Barons, a few other people that we know that were from that group. It's kind of it was kind of surreal to do that. So that's kind of cool. You fully geeked out. It I was, was cool. like, oh, yeah, like I was it. like, wow. I was like, this send in pictures and like, look what I found. You don't find them in the wild very often in, in the middle of nowhere. Perry, Florida's kind of small. What else is going on with you? So, well, the Nink thing, it was a good conference. So, it's an industry author conference and it's a mixture of the business side and creative side, but always good to meet people. We talked to quite a few uh, great authors about coming on the uh, podcast. So we've got some exciting people uh, yeah, we had a few, lined up for the few next of few our months. Past guests who hung out with us, Miss Jillian Dodd and uh, Nick Sullivan and a few others that were hanging around. LT Ryan, yes, I'm sure. I'm missing somebody else too. There was uh, who else was there? Oh, oh AJ Stewart. AJ Stewart, AJ Wayne Stewart. Yeah, we had a whole bunch of them there. It was kind of fun. We had a yeah, and then I've got uh, some in the keys, and um, we have the uh, AJ Bailey Dive Adventure 2023 coming up Friday and Saturday, where readers who are divers are coming out. Yeah, we chartered a boat for two days uh, with Conk Republic divers, who uh, actually there's been fantastic at helping me organize all this thing. And um, yeah, today I was up there putting together the swag bags, and uh, we got you know shirts for the event signed. My first time I've had uh, hardcover dust jacket books of mine i gotta say pretty darn cool having a so dust jacket a quick question book. though for you which is cooler the the cool dust jacket or the fact that conqueror Conch republic completely wrapped their boat with aj's um mermaid divers logo <laughs> that is pretty freaking cool so Conch republic have two dive boats in there and one of their dive boats Ashley got hold of me and said, we want to call it, the, we're going to call it the Mermaid Diver. Is it okay with you? Because it's AJ Bailey's fictional dive operation in the Cayman Islands. I'm like, of course it's okay with me. I mean, you don't have to really ask, you know, it's not copyrighted. But yeah, I'm honored. And then uh, I said, and if you want to use the logo or anything like that, that she uses, she goes, oh, can I? And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So they had this wrap done for the boat that uh, features the uh, mermaid and anchor uh, and from uh, her logo. You need to put it on Facebook and put it in the show notes because I can see it. It really was a really, I was, I was like, wow, I'm jealous. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I went by when we got here yesterday. We, um, we'd only been here a couple of days since we came from Lincoln and we went by there, Cheryl and I, and uh, took a look at it and I'm taking pictures of it. I was completely geeking out. I over bet. It. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So, well, yeah. so what about you? What you been well, doing? Also, just, I actually just drove back. Uh, I took a little longer getting down to Nink and driving back from Nink. So we, I kind of, did some relaxing and vacationing on the side, but yeah, I mean, had a good time. Did some dolphin cruises, which, which are kind of fun. Um, but also, I'm a, I'll share an, an, an embarrassing story, which I've already told you about, but the, the listeners 
I mean, at this point, you already know. I don't really. I'm not. I'm not the most full of shame. I've got plenty of shame to pass around to everybody. But in our conference, we're we're following up. Actually, going to speak with uh, our guest next week, uh, who's going to be with us. I realized that I had. Um, I was turning around behind Nick, who's standing at this table, and I realized that my zipper is down. And as I do so. The open zipper catches the edge of the chair where a group of ladies were sitting, and I just dragged the chair away from the table <laughs> attached to my crotch. And <laughs> and this one young lady who I was too ashamed to go back and talk to her and apologize, she and I locked eyes, and she knew, and I knew. And it was an embarrassing, <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> feat where oh. I was like, well, that's what it is, so. All I knew was I'm talking to Jamie Albright, who I'd spoken to uh, email and uh, I'd spoken to actually online on uh, some uh, a forum. So I'm like introducing myself and I'm like, hey, it's great to meet you in person. And, and this is Doug. And I turn around and there's no Doug. Doug's gone. I'm like, he evaporated. I had to melt away. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I was, it was like, I could either just zip up in front of the woman who'd already watched me just humiliate myself or turn around and zip up in front of, <laughs> either way. It leads me to a question. So for guys, like having your zipper down, that's embarrassing. What is the female equivalent to having your zipper down? Is there, is there one? I mean, ladies? Are you asking me? I'm asking Why you. Why are you asking me? I don't know, because you're the only person here with me. <laughs> I would have asked Kirsten, but she would probably have never come back. So, all right, ladies out there, I just need to know, what is the female equivalent of, you know, getting caught with your zipper down? I would imagine it's being caught with your zipper down. It might be. I, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose they do. I mean, they have. They have zippers on their They have lady parts. Too. We have guy parts, and they have lady parts. Right. Yeah, you'll learn this as you get older. <laughs> and the... <laughs> Especially if you keep dragging people around. Do tell a little more about how I'll learn. What will I learn about this kind of thing? Can you, I tell can you, you have the talk with me? <laughs> okay. Our guest on our next show. Yes, our guest next week. Yeah, it's going to be a romantic comedy author who we already mentioned, Jamie Albright, who was spared the embarrassment of meeting Doug with his flight open. Yes, that's true, yes. Jamie should be very grateful for that, I guess. So uh, we're looking forward to having her on. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a lovely lady. I, I can't wait to have her on the show. And then uh, please remember to subscribe to the show. Check out the show notes. We've got loads of show notes for uh, Kmart because she's like everywhere. And remember, if you do the TikToking thing, she's all over it. And what else we got? Follow so our show social media. Links. Like us on Facebook. Social media. Yes. We're yeah, on Twitter, do but kind of we thing. don't do much. But, you know, we're definitely on Facebook. We love Facebook. So Yeah, I'm about down to only doing Facebook. I copied some stuff over to uh, Instagram, um, but then uh, Facebook's kind of where I'm at. Uh, look for our new episodes every two weeks. Until then. Be cool to each other. And fair winds and following seas. You've been listening to the Two Authors Chat Show with Nicholas Harvey and Douglas Pratt.